Christ. Up on the TV screens is a photograph of a body of water. Now I know all of you who are seated over there, hopefully you can see it or you can look in the reflection in someone's glasses and see the picture on the TV screen. But I want, no one necessarily has to raise their hand because I know no one likes to be called on unless you're at the school mass and then everyone wants to be called on because you can get a chocolate bar or something like that. So you don't necessarily have to put your hands up, but I want you to see if you can guess what body of water is that gorgeous picture of? You know, what place do you think that might be? What body of water? And feel free, you can whisper that to your spouse so there's a little bit of accountability so you can't turn and say, oh yeah, I knew that, what that was. Right? So look at that picture. You see it's gorgeous. Look at the blue in that water, the blue sky. Gorgeous body of water. You're looking at a picture of the Dead Sea. Now, if you're surprised, which I think some of you were by what I just heard, you will share the same feeling that I had when I took this picture two years ago when I went to the Holy Land. And I knew we were going to go down and see the Dead Sea, and I was thinking in my mind, yeah, the Dead Sea, that's where nothing lives, nothing grows. It's going to be brown. It's going to be a nasty green. It's going to be this just, ugh, place to go, the Dead Sea. And yet I walked down there, I drove down there, and I got out of the car, and the guy told me, he said, yeah, here's the Dead Sea. I said, you've got to be kidding me. It's absolutely gorgeous. The blue is stunning. And he said, don't let the looks deceive you. It's the Dead Sea. Things that are beautiful can in reality be dead. In this evening's gospel, we hear Jesus Christ. He offers us three parables. And the first is a parable about weeds and wheat. And Jesus himself explains the parable, who is what within this parable. But there's one thing I want to draw your attention to. What's interesting is why do the slaves not ask the master to uproot the weeds until they've borne fruit? If we go to the gospel, that's what it says. His slaves said to him, do you want us to go and pull them up? And when they asked this question, it says, when the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. Now, I don't know how much you know about how plants grow, but they don't appear when they bear fruit. You plant them as a seed, they grow up, they appear as a tiny little plant, then they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And think of corn, for example. How tall does corn have to get before you're ready to harvest, before the fruit appears, right? It's got to get pretty tall. So you have this plant that's growing and growing and growing. Why don't the slaves go to the master and say, hey, buddy, you've got some weeds mixed in with your wheat. Let's get it out now. Why do the slaves wait until it says they bore, the crop grew and bore fruit, and then they come and say, 
Do you want us to remove the weeds? And it's because they're talking about a specific type of weed. It's a specific type of weed that looks exactly like wheat. And it was very common in the ancient world. There was actually a law with a stiff penalty for anyone who would purposefully sow this type of weed in someone's wheat field. Why? Because if you didn't catch it and you took all that wheat, what you thought was wheat, and you took it to the mill and ground it up into flour, it was mildly poisonous. Would affect your stomach, cause dizziness, etc., etc., It was punishable by law in the ancient world, those who sowed out of malice this type of weed. This weed that looked like wheat was poisonous. So we see here that something can look very beautiful and very alive, but be dead. And something can look very nutritious and very healthy, like a grain of wheat, like the stalk of wheat full of grain, and yet it's poisonous. Jesus Christ, as I said, gives us three parables this evening. And there is something that's common to every single one of those three parables. And probably what would pop into our mind, remember the parables are the wheat, he plants the wheat and it grows. He plants the mustard seed and it grows into a big bush. The woman takes some yeast and puts it in and it grows into this leavened bunch of dough. He might say, well, what's the common thing? What's Jesus trying to say? Something small becomes something big. The kingdom of heaven is like something small that becomes something big. And I say, yes, but you're missing another important part common to all three of these parables. Each parable begins with someone deciding to act. A man took some seed and sowed it in his field. A man took a mustard seed and planted it in his field. The woman took yeast and mixed it into the dough. Every single one of these parables begins with someone who's deciding to act. And Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. The woman doesn't make the dough rise. The leaven does. The man doesn't make the mustard tree grow. The seed does. The man doesn't make the wheat grow. The wheat kernel does. The grain of wheat does. But none of that can happen without the human being that decides to act. Powerful parables from our Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God will not happen unless we are cooperating with Jesus Christ, unless we're sowing the seed, unless we're taking the leaven and mixing it in with the dough. It's got to be mixed in. 
Leaven sitting on the shelf is useless. Leaven needs to be mixed in with all that dough for the dough to change, to rise. Lastly, why is the dead sea dead? Good question. (laughs) Oh yeah, because that's the dead one. Why is the dead sea dead? It's because the Jordan River brings all these minerals down to the Dead Sea and deposits all these minerals into this sea and nothing comes out. It's so hot in this region of the world that the water evaporates, Jordan River brings more minerals, water evaporates, Jordan River brings more minerals, water evaporates, nothing is flowing out. And so what happens is there's this high concentration of so many minerals, so much salt, that nothing can live in it. The things that try to live in it, they die, they choke. Because what is going, being poured into the Dead Sea is not coming out. So what's the lesson for me this evening? It's possible that everything can seem okay in my life. I don't have major issues with my family. I work hard. I have great kids. We do fun activities together. I'm a good person. It's possible that I can look alive and beautiful and yet inside be dying or dead spiritually. And what's the solution? The solution is, is there an outlet in my life? Am I pouring myself out for others? Am I transmitting the faith? Can I honestly say I am taking and planting that seed so that the kingdom of God can grow? Can I honestly say I am obsessed with bringing people closer to Jesus Christ? And it doesn't mean I have to stand up on a soapbox and preach all day. It means by my life, by who I am, the way I talk to my kids, the way I am at work. I am so obsessed with Jesus Christ that it permeates my being and it gushes out of me. Because if it's not, if this isn't gushing out of me, I can look beautiful and yet be like the Dead Sea. I can look like wheat, but yet there's nothing edible there. I think this evening is a moment for us to, to stop and ask ourselves, am I truly alive? Am I truly alive? Is my love for Jesus Christ real? Or does it just look real?